From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB, and this is WIA National News for week commencing November 20, 2016. A New Zealand earthquake. This happened on November 13. However, at last report by our own Region 3 Emergency Communications Coordinator, VK3PC, Jim says that no ham radio involvement had been warranted. Looking around VK, digital age, latest development. Licences stored and viewed on a smartphone are being introduced. The New South Wales fishing licence is now digitised. Eventually, the digital driver's licence will be issued. These are optional with the physical licence card to remain available. In Queensland, traffic speeding infringements are being sent to offenders by email direct to their smartphones. A VKR Queensland Police Advisory suggests if such a notice appears on your phone and you have not been pulled over by the police, contact your local station straight away. Training and assessments. If you know a work friend, relative, neighbour or associate who, with a little encouragement, would make a great radio amateur, Amateur Radio Victoria are running another quality training class, this on Saturday, December 10, to be followed by licence assessments Sunday, December 11. The education team is very well experienced in the syllabus, which involves practical and written assessments. Former successful students regularly return for their assessments to upgrade. Enrolments are now open. Inquiries most welcome. Contact Barry Robinson. Now, Barry's telephone number, 0428 516 001. Say again, 0428 516 001. Is the last number of the year even? Is it November? Then that can only mean one thing. It's nearly time for the My Enna Ham Fest. Whether you're in the market for a new radio, or perhaps a not-so-new radio, trying to find that replacement toroid for your ballon, or just window shopping then there's no better place to do it than the very heart of Tasmania at the 2016 Mayenna Hamfest. Dave VK7OB lets us know that this year is lining up to be a cracker, with exhibition stands from TTS Systems, TET Mtron, Strictly Ham and many more. There will also be a Summits on the Air Soda stand and a software-defined radio tables along with many others of interest. You can also look forward to meeting the NBN Australia as they bring their staff and a Skymuster truck to the Hamfest. Not only will they be able to answer your NBN questions, but will also be providing internet access for everyone at the Hamfest. There will of course be the pre-loved equipment. A highlight at the Hamfest is the flea market, where you can pick up a treasure or a treasure can pick you up. It's a great time to clear out the shack and raise some funds for that IC7300 you've all been hearing about. Where? The Myanna Community Hall, Cider Gum Road, Haddon's Bay, and the Hamfest signs will be out. When? Next Saturday, November the 26th, 2016. Start times 10.30am till around 3pm. What do I bring? Well, yourself to start with. Money for something to buy or food second-hand items you want to sell, and a good sense of fun. And I'm Justin, VK7 Tangled Whiskers, for the WIA National News. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with some news on my recent visit to a not-so-local amateur radio club. The Mid-South Coast Amateur Radio Club 
was formed this month 40 years ago. To celebrate this milestone, the club put on a gala lunch at Huskisson Community Centre in the village of Huskisson and invited current and past members to join in on the occasion. Being a WIA-affiliated club, the committee invited a WIA director to attend. As President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, was otherwise engaged, I fulfilled the club's request. It has to be acknowledged that, in this day and age, it is a remarkable thing for a comparatively small rural amateur radio club managing to rack up decades of serving a widely dispersed membership during a period of significant social, technological and environmental change. The Mid-South Coast Amateur Radio Club was formed to establish a two-metre repeater to serve as travellers on the Princess Highway. VK2RMU is still operating and includes 70-centimetre facilities today. At the time it was formed, members came from across the South Coast region, the Far South Coast and the ACT, the Southern Highlands and Sydney. It's much the same today. I took the three-hour train ride from Sydney Central to Bomaderry, where Club Secretary David Wolfe, VK2LDW, picked me up to drive me to Huskisson. Before and during lunch, I enjoyed a series of eyeball QSOs with club members, as you do on such occasions. It was good to discuss the state of amateur radio and the WIA, past, present and future, and to meet some amateurs who read publications I produced in years gone by. Six up the VHF UHF newsletter, as well as Electronics Today and Australian Electronics Monthly magazines. In the background, the club's special event station VI2HQ40 was on the air. I caught up with one of the founding members, Jim Giblin, VK2BOU, and we exchanged views and reminiscences about working at the Australian Antarctic station, Casey. Small world. Club President Martin Bennett, VK2VOM, told me about an enthusiastic group of microwavers getting active across the region on the 23 and 13 centimetre bands. That's encouraging. One of the highlights of lunch was local oysters and prawns, fresh and delicious. Naturally, I was asked to say a few words to the assembled throng before dessert. I recall that the last time I was in the area was in October 1976 for the solar eclipse and only a fortnight before the club was formed. I installed an ionosond in Berriedale in the Snowy Ranges for the then Ionospheric Prediction Service, now Space Weather Services. I took the family for the week and we went to a paddock in Bomaderry to get a good view of the eclipse where a bunch of amateurs had also gathered. What goes around comes around. On behalf of the WIA, I congratulated the club for achieving four decades of existence through fire, flood, famine and plenty, not to mention war and peace. I was presented with a framed certificate as a memento of the occasion, which will go in the shack with my Anzac Centenary and Norfolk Island 10 gig DX record certificates. There was 40th birthday cake, and individual pavlovas for dessert. Indeed, a memorable anniversary lunch. The club caterers did the occasion proud. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Continuing WIA board talk, and the Radio History Book is proving popular, the Wireless Men and Women at War publication of the WIA has fully researched accounts of wireless communications before World War I and in later years and conflicts. The WIA Bookshop now has this radio history book on mail order with a pre-sale discount that applies until December 21. 
The ACMA has issued a discussion paper and invited submissions by October 24 on possible changes to the plan that has a table detailing spectrum use. The new plan is due in January. Among the submissions received was one from the Wireless Institute of Australia. It advocated on the WIA's log of claims for new and expanded bands in the plan. This was outlined in its April 2016 submission. The WIA submission chiefly includes early access to the new 60 metre band at 70 MHz and at 900 MHz, restoration of primary status on 50 to 52 MHz and more living room on 160 and 80 metres. While we look to the future of amateur radio and rightly seek interest and recruitment among young Australians, attention is also to be paid at other age groups. The WIA held its STEM Symposium in Canberra this weekend, and a report on that will be on a future broadcast. Meantime, the Australian Bureau of Stats, the recent age profile report, shows there's plenty of growth in other groups. Modern amateur radio is more attractive and appealing to all demographics, either leading to a scientific or technical vocation, providing lifelong learning, or for recreation. The WIA is doing that over time, with the LCD reform exercise being one of its major short-term actions. But it also comes down to existing radio amateurs promoting what we do and what we can achieve for the community. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We have updated word on a monk who's one of the world's more popular DXs. Jeremy Boot, Golf 4 November Juliet Hotel, says the happy news is that Monk Apollo, Sierra Victor 2 Alpha Sierra Papa Stroke Alpha, is back on Mount Athos following his recent hospitalisation and major surgery. The unwelcome news is that if you think you worked him, between the 16th and 18th of October you're mistaken. His call sign was apparently pirated while the well-known DXer was undergoing medical treatment. A report from Costas, Sierra Victor 1 Delta Papa India, in the DX Daily, notes that someone was on 20 metres CW, purporting to be Monk Apollo during that time period. There are also other reports that contacts with him on the 22nd and 23rd of October may also not be authentic. Most recent word from Mount Athos is that Monk Apollo may be ready for new QSOs soon, so be on the bands and keep listening. This time will likely be for real. Amateurs will definitely be interested in one particular star, Ham Radio itself, in a new movie made by a US-Cuban production team. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Embi, Kilo Bravo 3 Tango Zulu Delta, says the warmer relations between the US and Cuba led to a Cuban-American team of contesters in the CQ Worldwide SSB contest in October of 2015. And now it seems the nation's ever-growing friendship has led to a new movie. Sergio and Sergei, which is scheduled to be released in 2017, is the story of a cosmonaut stranded on the Mir space station because the collapsing Soviet Union cannot afford to bring him back to Earth. Not unexpectedly, Ham Radio is the star of the film because it saves the day. Chinese Students FM Transponder Satellite Launched Dream 1 CAS-2T, a technical verification satellite for the CAMSAT CAS-2 series of amateur radio satellites, was launched on November 9 on board a Long March CZ-11 rocket. 
developed by middle school students with the support of China's Academy of Launch Vehicle Technology, the Science and Technology Museum and the Eastern Highlands Quan Youth Space Sciences Organisation, the 2U CubeSat carries a ham radio 145435MHz FM transponder. CAS-2T will not separate from the final stage of its launcher rocket, so the orbital life may be just 10 to 30 days before the final stage of the rocket re-enters Earth's atmosphere. Messages of Remembrance from John McRae's Birthplace Members of the Guelph Amateur Radio Club gathered around a transceiver at the birthplace of John McRae in Guelph on Thursday. They were sending out messages of remembrance, telling listeners about the McRae house and about his famous war poem in Flanders Fields, arguably the world's most famous war memorial poem. Lieutenant Colonel John McRae lays buried in Flanders Fields. As a part of Remembrance Week, club members are using the medium to remind listeners to think of the fallen, says Operator Wes Snar, Victor Echo 3, Mike Lima. Interference source tracked down. Singapore's driverless trains began acting strangely, including the loss of communications and their emergency brakes automatically being activated. The interference on the circle line was in September and then again in November. After studying train logs, almost all incidents were near one particular train. It was tested and found to emit interference to nearby trains and the trackside signalling system. The rogue train was taken out of service while investigations continue. In other interference news, but this closer to home, just what was the motive of this jammer? We don't usually talk about the very rare incidents of antisocial behaviour on our bands, but this particular practice caused upset and may be worthy of an alert to all. Seems a computer-generated voice was used to disguise the person involved who used a false call sign. Get off this frequency, you are causing QRM, the voice said oh so impolitely. It was very unusual and quite disturbing, a bit like out-of-space aliens. A quick routine check found that this was not a valid claim, so the motive behind the well-planned action still remains a mystery. Dutch regulator stops ham radio call publication. Veron reports the Netherlands Radio Communications Agency has stopped the publication of the Dutch callsign list. It appears the agency is citing the Data Protection Act as an excuse for the ending of the service, which will occur sometime this week. With that story ringing in our ears as I leave you this week, what better time than to remind you now? The WIA's very last call book is available now. Just visit the bookshop on wia.org.au. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW, for WIA National News. Operational News 2016, and remember all Australian contest rules and results are in the contest section of the WIA website. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. November 26-27, WIA BHF UHF Spring Field Day. November 26-27, CQ, WWDX. CW Contest always the last full weekend in November. December 1-31, Annual Youngsters on the Year, Yota. 2017. January 1, December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. January it's the WIA's Ross Hall Memorial VHF UHF Contest. January 1 MSAT, CW Activity Day, 24 hours. All forms of CW are welcome. Now back to December. December 3 marks the International Day of Persons with Disabilities and the International Programme for Handicapped Radio Amateurs wants its member organisations to make their QSOs count. 
The events coordinator, Riri OD5RI, said he would like to see some partnership with disabled operators. He reports that already the Derby and District Amateur Radio Society in the UK will be operating as G2DJ, with disabled persons participating at the station. In Egypt, the Egyptian Radio Amateur Society, ERASD, will likewise be operating station SU0ERA. If there are other organisations planning similar operations, please let the IPHA know about it. TARC does the John Moore Field Day 2017. Happening from Friday afternoon the 17th to Sunday lunch 19th of March 2017 at the Duck Roadhouse in Caravan Park, Flinders Highway, Silheim. Portable operation is the go, so make sure you bring plenty of batteries and whisper quiet generators if you can. The park features powered, unpowered caravan and campsites and it is planned to set up the JMFD station in the unpowered paddock closest to Charter Stowers. The park is situated on the edge of what used to be the Selheim Army Camp and the memorial is within short, easy walking distance. The Burdekin River is a bit further away. A short car ride gets you there really quick. Want to know more? In this case, email Gavin on vk4zz at wia.org.au. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with news of special event call sign VI2SYD75, commemorating the 75th anniversary of the sinking of HMAS Sydney in the Indian Ocean. Yesterday, the 19th of November, was the 75th anniversary of the naval battle between the Australian light cruiser HMAS Sydney and the German auxiliary cruiser Cormoran off Dirk Hartog Island, Western Australia. The sinking of the Sydney in 1941 remains the largest loss of life in the history of the Royal Australian Navy, with all 645 sailors perishing. The wreck was not found until 2008, and there's a fascinating story in that. The I2SYD75, granted by the ACMA only last week to the St George Amateur Radio Club, is for use from 19 November through to 31st December. I'm coordinating use of the call sign on behalf of the club. We're seeking operators interested in using the call sign to commemorate the 75th anniversary of that fateful naval battle and honouring the brave officers and crews lost in the sinking of HMAS Sydney and SMS Cormoran. Operations with VI2SYD75 can be on any Australian amateur band from LF to MF, HF through VHF and even microwaves. To dispel some confusion that may have arisen, I must point out that there have been four Navy ships named HMAS Sydney. The first was commissioned in 1912 and gained fame through an action with the German light cruiser SMS Emden off the Cocos Keeling Islands on 9 November 1914, the first Australian naval action of World War I. The Emden was beached on North Keeling Island, one of the Cocos Keeling Islands group in the Indian Ocean. A call sign VI-4SEA was obtained to commemorate that event, coordinated by Mike Charteris, VK4QS. VI-4SEA has now expired. The second HMAS Sydney was commissioned in 1934 and is the one lost in 1941 off Western Australia. Number three was an aircraft carrier used to transport Australian troops to Vietnam from 1965 until 1972 and famously dubbed the Vung Tau Ferry. The 4th HMAS Sydney was commissioned in 1983 and remained in service until 2015. If you are interested in obtaining a period on the roster for using VI2SYD75, see the St George Club website at 
www.sgars.org or look for them on Facebook. Alternatively, email me at my WIA email address, which is vk2zrh at wia.org.au. If you hear VI2SYD75 on the air, give the station a call. A QSO would be most welcome. Now to a bit of DXing. Active as E51RR until the 25th of November from Rarotonga in the South Cork Islands on 40, 20 and 15 metres. QSL to the home call ZL1BQD. Allen G3XAQ is back in Kimbala, Uganda from the 12th to the 28th of November. Look for him signing 5X1XA on CW including the CQWWDXCW contest at the end of the month. His QSL manager is G3SWH. On the air is 5H3MB in Tanzania to the 2nd of December. QSL to his home call sign IK2GZU. Allen VP8DPJ is in the British Antarctic Territory, Rothra Research Station on Adelaide Island, IOTA AN001, until April 2018. QSL via operator's instructions. Elsewhere in the world of DX, John ADHJ is working as ADHJ stroke HR9 until this weekend from the island of Guanaja, Honduras. I heard a reference NA057. Send QSL cards via his home call sign ADHJ. Felix DL5XL will be returning to the German Antarctic research base called Neumeyer 3 this month and will be there until February. His call sign will be DP1POL, and he will operate mainly CW and digital modes. This activity will count as AN016 for the IOTA program. QSL manager is DL1ZBO, and logs will be uploaded to Logbook of the World. Award news. VK3 National Parks add to activity. Poor weather deterred a few from meeting their designated national park last weekend, but the sixth annual activity period had plenty of interest in activity. By checker blogs, 41 national parks in VK3 were activated across the four days, seven more than the previous record set last year, with 25 operators involved. This included visitors from VK2, VK4 and VK5, who took part by setting up portable in Victoria, and at times many operators face horrible weather and shocking QRN. The aim was to stimulate portable activity in as many of the 45 national parks as possible to assist both hunters and activators. Heard on air often during QSOs was a thank you for a new national park with many taking advantage of the concentrated activity. Julie BK3FOWL and Joe BK3YSP were in both the Mornington Peninsula and Point Nepea National Parks. Signing BK3SRC for the School Amateur Radio Club Network. They managed to work 25 national parks and have applied for a Level 2 award. Full details of the Keith Rocher Memorial National Parks Award Activity Weekend are on the Amateur Radio Victoria website. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. MediaWatch and National Geographic TV looks at amateur radio. 
While the world is thinking the planet Mars will be the next space goal, an influential scientific media outlet has told how amateur radio is, for many, the gateway into science and engineering. It explains that NASA astronauts began taking compatible transceivers with them on the Shuttle Radio Experiment, or SARX, and follow on with the International Space Station to be part of the ARIS program. The National Geographic Channel, in a video program called Before Mars, has a teenage girl, Hannah, with a twin sister, June, determined to talk to an astronaut aboard the International Space Station with an old ham radio, you guessed it, found in the attic. Before Mars describes amateur radio's appeal as that it remains free, non-commercial, and largely organised and controlled by users, and that it allows people to communicate with others all over the planet, and even in space. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group CB Radio. 69 MHz Activity Session. The Delboy blog reports that Swedish 69 MHz CB users have an active session from 2200 to 2200 GMT on the first Friday of each month. Sweden is possibly unique in having a VHF CB allocation on 69 MHz. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, Alara, and a reminder that their net is held each Monday on 3.570 MHz plus or minus, commencing at 1000 UTC DST. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. A particular telescope, an SST, achieved first light in February 2011. Then, in 2013, the US Secretary of Defence and Australian Minister of Defence signed an MOU agreeing to relocate this space surveillance telescope from the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico to Harold E. Holt Naval Communications Station in Western Australia. After the move, SST will be owned by the United States Air Force but operated and maintained in Australia. It will be a dedicated sensor in the U.S. Space Surveillance Network, the SSN. Currently, the SST program is developing enhanced small object detection algorithms, a new advanced wide-field camera, a faster search operations in preparation for relocation to Harold E. Holt Naval Communications Station. SST has been prolific in observing asteroids, contributing to the discovery of more than 1,300 new asteroids and providing more than 5,500,000 asteroid observations to the international community via the International Astronomical Union Minor Planet Centre. The telescope is also supporting the astronomical community by collecting data on behalf of the Large Synoptic Space Telescope Consortium and NASA Orbital Debris Program Office. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. ILLW gets a new country. The 20th Annual International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend has a new country with a registration of the Tamas River West Lighthouse in Pansivo, Cereba. This old structure provided vital navigation on a bend in the picturesque Danube River and will be put to air by Alexander YU1CA, a regular portable operator. He is the latest to join nearly 80 registrations, including two light ships received so far from 18 countries. See them all for August 1920 and pass reports at the dedicated website illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers. Loretta gets a ham licence at 91. The Athens Daily Review reports that Loretta Smith, KG5, 
QCH has achieved her amateur radio licence at the age of 91. Inspired by Pastor George Yaga, W5BRG at the Harbour Baptist Church, Loretta decided to pursue her ham radio licence. Yaga spoke on his experience serving communities in times of disaster with his knowledge of ham radio communication, and Loretta knew that she could provide the same help in Gun Barrel City if she was certified. She worked with the activity director at Cedarview Place to understand the process of becoming a certified, and three other residents decided to join her in the course. From 91 to 93. In Canada, CBC News reports that radio amateur Merle Taylor, VE1VCI 93, still practices Morse code in her basement outside of Antognish, Nova Scotia. We might live in a world where knowing how to write code is gold, but for the 93-year-old Merle Taylor, there's only one code, Morse code. Merle learned Morse code at 20 when she signed up to help Canada at the war effort. Her wartime job was to teach it to pilots through the British Commonwealth Air Training Plan. There were 59 air bases built across Canada to accommodate the boys from England to Scotland, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia and Canada, and it was that group of boys that I taught Morse code to, she said while sitting in a basement, where she still taps out Morse code. It's a signal that will get you through because of their sharpness where a voice just couldn't. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. Well, that takes us to the end of WIA and the National News Service. Don't forget, drop us a note, nationalnews at wia.org.au. Make sure you have that address correct. It's nationalnews at wia.org.au. And send us your script. Also, we'd love to hear your audio. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.